Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pro Series Podcast. I am your host, Eric Doman. Today is episode 28, and I get to sit and talk with Mitch Allen of Mitch Allen Interiors. He tells me a little bit about his background in real estate and how he started his home decor box business with his partner during COVID. We also get into small business startups on social media and how supporting small businesses can mean the world to those starting out. But before we start this episode, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Pro Series podcast on wherever you listen to your podcasts. But now, please enjoy episode 28 with Mitch Allen. Hey. Hey, Mitch. How are you? Good, good, man. How are you doing? Good. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I came across your account through, I believe it was an interior design search, just looking through hashtags and stuff. And saw that you did that box which we will get to um and thought it was really interesting to talk about um but as we were emailing back and forth i noticed that you also are a real estate agent so i want to go all the way back to the beginning and kind of give us how you started out in the business um real estate being the first thing um just how did you get into real estate and and then we'll segue into into your design yeah, sounds great. Uh, so my real estate started a long time ago. Um, I was kind of infatuated with HGTV in, I think I was in like seventh grade. Okay. Um, I loved all the television shows. I loved all the renovations. Um, and that kind of sparked like my path towards real estate. Why I went the route of real estate instead of interior design specifically I have no idea. <laughs> That's just the route that I took. Um, but I actually got a bachelor's degree in real estate. And then um, I kind of segued because during the time that I was getting a degree was kind of the real estate crisis. So I stayed in school for a little bit longer and that kind of delayed my actual real estate career. Um, but I started in real estate in about 2000, I think it was actually, I think I'm actually coming up on my eight year mark here. It was, uh, I think the first week of March of 2014. And I was basically in Portland, Oregon in a job that I hated and I didn't want to be there. (laughs) And I just walked into my job one day and I said, I quit and I moved back to my hometown and no plan. I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) And I just knew that I didn't want to do what I was doing then. Uh, And so then my sister actually was like, Hey, look, you have your real estate license. You have a degree in real estate. Why don't you just try real estate? Uh, And that's actually what got me kind of really going in real estate. So that was, you know, like the first week of March of 2014, hung my license, so on and so forth. Eight years later, I um, licensed in two states. I had my own brokerage in two states for a little while. Realized that being a broker was not my thing. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed, because when you're a broker, you really lose the like one-on-one with people. I was more managing agents than I was, uh-huh. you know, meeting people, you know, to shop for homes. And that was really what, interested me interested me the most about real estate i loved meeting people hearing their stories figuring out why they were buying a home Mm -hmm. trying to be like a matchmaker Uh, and i I lost all of that when i was a broker 
Um, so I left my brokerage, closed the door, shut everything down. And I went, uh, and I moved to, to, to San Diego. So my hometown is really close to San Diego. It's a very agricultural area. My whole family farms. Um, I moved to San Diego and joined a big team that was growing, uh, just as an agent doing my own thing. So yeah. that was kind of the whole track of real estate. So I'm still a real estate agent. I'm still licensed. I'm still, uh, actually I'm a licensed broker. I, you know, it's funny because a lot of people say, Oh, I'm a realtor. And I'm like, well, there's a massive difference between a realtor who's just a licensed salesperson and a broker. Um, there's different, you know, you, ha- you have to have different amounts of education and skill sets, and you have to have so much, uh, transactions underneath your belt. So, but my, my big celebratory moment happened, um, early last year when I crossed the threshold of 300 people assisted in buying or selling a home as an individual agent. Wow. Yeah. Not very many agents get that way. I mean, teams, of course, teams sell thousands oh, yeah. and thousands of homes, you know, cause they have 50, a hundred, whatever agents, but as an individual agent, I helped over 300 people buy and sell a home in like seven years. My gosh. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> Busy. Well, go back to the getting your bachelor's degree in real estate. I didn't know you could do that. So do you yeah, I didn't either? So when you do that, do you go through school and come out with a real estate license? Do you go through the testing and everything? I wish it would have been much easier. Oh, really? Some money. Yeah. So actually when you, so to get your license, you have to have like all these education requirements. You have to have real estate practices, principles, appraisal, and so on and so forth. I got a bachelor's degree in real estate, but I still had to apply for and take the real estate exam and pay for and everything else. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> So afterwards I laughed and I was like, what was that four years of college for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They should just add that on. That's kind of like when you're an interior designer, there's a, you can get an NCIDQ um, and they don't have that in the school program, which they should just gives yeah. you a better heads up on your life when, as soon as you graduate. Right. The graduate yeah, no- and go back into school. <laughs> yeah. Real estate's one of those interesting industries. You know, I think personally, I think the bar is set very low. Um, to get into real estate, unfortunately. And I think that that's kind of really soured a lot of people's, you know, viewpoints of, of, of realtors. Um, because, you know, unfortunately, anyone and everyone can get their real estate license. And I think that, you know, that's just kind of a bummer. That's one, mm-hmm. one of my negative things about real estate is that it's, it's very easy to get into. Um, and I feel like that just leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. But You know, with that being said, I think there are phenomenal real estate agents out there that do incredible jobs. And, you know, I hear stories all the time when I talk about agents that are on the team that I'm on about all of the things that they do that we should not be doing. You know, I mean, we're helping people move out of homes. We're like cleaning and vacuuming on move out day. And, you know, all these things that we do to help our clients and just have a better transaction, a better experience. Yeah. So there are a lot of great realtors out there. Yeah, I agree with that. And it seems like, yeah, anybody could get the real estate license, but not everybody succeeds in real estate. You can see people like going to the next step, they're selling insurance or whatever, they're going to something else because they can't succeed in it. It's very hard. It's a very hard industry. You know, I was just laughing with one of my friends the other day about being an entrepreneur. Um, When I graduated from college, I held like a corporate job for only, I think it was about a year and a half. And then I quit and I was, ever since then, I've been, you know, self-employed 
building my own businesses. And it's interesting to see the amount of people that get their real estate license thinking that it's like what they see on television. Mm -hmm. And it's not, man, it is not. You have to have so much self-discipline. You have to have, you know, so much understanding of business to be able to be successful successful in real estate. And it's not just one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, like I just pick up the phone and I call people. I'm like, no, actually real estate's all about relationship building. If you know how to build relationships and you know how to connect with people, well, the rest of the stuff will be figured out. Mm-hmm. But real estate, I think personally really is just about building relationships. Yeah. I think that's the same way with design as well. You see on TV, like people to see how easy it is. You're seeing only the good stuff. They're not going to put the bad stuff and like the hard stuff on TV. It's just like social media. You're only going to put the good side of your life on social media. You're not going to put the hardship on. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. And that's the thing I think unfortunate is that a lot of people get their license thinking that it's going to be kind of an an easy industry to step into and and Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll experience that, you know, overnight success. And you know, unfortunately, real estate has like a, I think it's like an 87 or 93% fail rate after 12 months. Um, and that's why is that because it's so easy to get into. And so many people just think like, oh, it's, you know, it's easy, I'll do it. And then they get in and, you know, nine, 12 months in, they're like, yeah, this isn't for me. Yeah. And then they fail. So did you, how'd you get that segue into design? Are you still a real estate agent? Yeah, I'm still licensed. I still am assisting people and buying and selling. Um, so over the past, you know, eight years that I've been doing real estate, I have, um, flipped a very small handful of my own homes. I've invested with other flippers. So, you know, a flipper comes in and says, Hey, Mitch, I need 50 or $75,000. And I'm like, cool, I'll just be a silent investor. Here's 50,000, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I've got, you know, a lot of the experience on the like design side. Um, you know, I've, I found it very interesting. So. I said earlier, you know, that like why I went into real estate versus design, I have no idea because I was obsessed with HGTV and that's what got me into real estate, Mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like ever since I got into real estate, I have been paying way more attention to design stuff than I have real estate stuff. Everyone's like, oh, do you hear about this with Zillow or whatever? And I'm like, huh? No, but um, I am following all these accounts about design and new trends and all these different things. Um, So, you know, on top of flipping my own homes, every home that I purchased was like an old home or one that was really bad. I'll never forget. I bought a 115 year old farmhouse wow. and I lived in it during the renovation, which oh. was a nightmare. And I'll never do that ever again in my life. <laughs> oh gosh. But, um, you know, every home I've bought has, has needed significant amount of work. And so not only have I flipped other houses, but I also have designed and renovated my own homes that I've purchased. Um, and then I've had clients over the years that just buy a house and they're like, hey, I love your home. I, I, I saw a house you flipped recently. Like, could you help me? So it started out as like, I'll just help you. And then me doing my own personal projects. Um, and then, you know, it's funny because you hear these stories often about people who are like, yeah, I woke up one day and I hated what I was doing and I just did something else. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was me. Yeah. That was me last year. I woke up and I was like, you know what? I've, I've ran my course with real estate. I've had a blast. I've loved it, but I think I am going to go kind of full force with interior design because I was having like my 
my past clients and my friends, like that list of people who were calling and saying, hey, I need design help versus, hey, I need to buy and sell a house was like significantly stacking up. Oh, okay. So I was like, okay, well, maybe this is a valid thing and maybe I should actually like make this part of my business. Um, and so that's how it kind of like transpired. It all started in early 2021. Um, I actually, I adopted a Siberian Husky. Well, now it's been 11 and a half years ago. And, you know, he and I, he was my buddy. Um, and he unexpectedly passed away from cancer at the very beginning of last year. And it was, you know, very traumatic for me. Yeah. Uh, because he had literally been, you know, it went everywhere with me. I mean, he was at open houses with me. He would go door knocking with me when I would, you know, door knock neighborhoods and stuff. He'd been at, by my side for 10 years and literally woke up one day and it was like, something's not right. Went to the, went to the vet and they were like, he's got cancer everywhere. And the vet basically was like, you know, he only has like 48 hours to live. And I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah. So it happened very quickly. And then not long after that, my grandmother passed away, um, who was like the lioness of our family. You know, my family's yeah. Italian. We're huge. We're like 55 plus in my family. Like we're massive. And my grandmother was like the, you know, she was the top. She Hierarchy. was always there. Yeah. No, yeah. honestly, man. I mean, she was like the go-to, like if you were having a down and out moment, you call grandma. You know, and so it was like, she was always there. And so she passed away. So in a very short period of time, there was like a lot of grief, a lot of darkness, a lot of like, am I doing the right thing with my life? Is this really making me happy? And that actually is what kind of inspired our core boxes. Okay. Um, you know, in like all of that time period and everything that was going on. And I was kind of like, you know, real estate's not really what I'm feeling anymore as much as I've loved it. And it's been my passion for seven you know, plus years. Mm -hmm. uh, my partner and I were talking about ways that we could like give back and ways that we could, you know, help people. And in that help, helping people, it comes in a lot of different ways, right? Like, obviously everyone always thinks of like monetary, like, well, I'm going to help this person by donating or whatever it is. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that want all of these things that they see on Instagram and Pinterest, and they have no idea how to put it all together, where to find it, how to style it. it, it and, and that leads to like frustration and it leads to like, analysis paralysis where they end up not doing anything and then they like don't like their home and I've always been this advocate like with real estate right that your your home is like your sanctuary like yeah. you should love hardcore on your home it, it should make you happy it should be a space where you feel relaxed and where you feel loved and everything else and so that was kind of like the beginning of our decor boxes gotcha um, that's I like how you said that because that's the main reason I like design because there's no other profession that like I guess there are more professions like doctors and stuff but you're constantly reminded of what that person did for you because you're always in your home you're always looking at that design you're making their lives better so your idea of this decor box um, when you when I first saw it I thought of like different subscription boxes that are very popular nowadays is that kind of like the premise of that or are they prescription or are like, how do you go about that? 
Yeah, so when we kind of thought of the whole concept, we definitely looked into subscription-based boxes. Um, but going back to like my whole thought of your home should be like well-loved. It should feel or be an extension of like you. Mm -hmm. I had a hard time convincing myself that we should do a subscription box because every subscription box I looked at, I was like, this is all garbage. I would throw away half the stuff in this box. Okay. And I didn't feel like any of those boxes were like personal or like somebody actually took the time and invested the energy and used their knowledge and skill set to like curate decor in a very unique way. So what we opted for is to not do subscription-based boxes. We are one-time only purchased. Um, and that's okay. why we have different boxes. So like we have our primary box, which is our authentic living decor box. We, we do create a new authentic living decor box every quarter, very limited supplies, like very, when I say very limited, I mean like 15 boxes. That's uh, it. Okay. Um, and then depending on how they sell, if they sell out, sometimes we'll bring them back in a different form. So like we'll leave, you know, two or, or so of the pieces and then add other pieces in and like change the name of the box and whatever else that may be. Um, but we wanted our boxes to be like very personal in the sense of that it really feels like somebody designed and curated the contents of this box to specifically go like on a side table, on a coffee table, on whatever it is. And that you could then take any of those pieces and style them a different way in your home. So like one of our boxes has beads in them, you know, the decorative beads. I think they're the decorative white bone beads. Maybe you don't like it necessarily in that bowl that comes in that decor box. You can style the rest of that decor box and then take the beads and style it somewhere else in mm -hmm. your home. So that was the concept of our boxes is that we wanted them to be very versatile, uh, very curated, um, very almost like it's, you know, that high end look and feel um, for a very not high end price. <laughs> uh, okay. So do they know what's in the box before they're ordering it or is it more? Yeah, totally. So that was another thing that I saw in a lot of these subscription boxes that drove me wild is yeah. I was like, why would somebody pay $149 a quarter to get a box that they have no idea what's in it? What if they hate it completely? You can't return it. It's a subscription yeah. page. You can't return it. So yes. So we do, when we release a new box, we include all the pictures. And then usually we include on our social media, we include various ways that we have styled the contents of that box. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. Right. So we do reels. Uh, we do, we're, we're starting because, you know, we're expanding our decor box line. So now we're starting to do videos um, in longer format of like how we style them and so on and so forth. So it is a more kind of inclusive like approach to these, like, you know, actually I see reels all the time where people like have a, have an image um, of an item, you know, that they're going to buy. And then it like zooms to like their coffee table and how they styled it. Uh, it literally is that it, it is taking that Pinterest board or that Pinterest post that you saved and creating a real life version of it in a box. Very cool. Do you stick to one style or are you changing it up per box? 
Yeah. So that was the other thing too. When we started, someone asked us and they're like, you should have like farmhouse, you should have boho. Yeah. And uh, in my mind, coming from a business mind, I thought, man, we're going to need a massive warehouse for that. Yeah. And I thought yeah. we're, we're a small business. Uh, I literally am sitting in my den at my house, which is my office and where we launched this. <sighs> and we have a warehouse that we store all of our like extra stuff in. Uh, or storage unit. Um, so, you know, we, we've just launched this out of our house. And I thought to myself a lot about having different, you know, styles, because then we could attract more people. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't necessarily about that for me. Um, I wanted to stick to my design style and my design aesthetic, um, which is, you know, there there's a lot of like California casual, which is very like Amber Lewis and a lot of those people. And, and I would say, you know, our approach to design is very California cool. It's a lot of the cooler temps. It's not your dark colors and everything else. I mean, we definitely have more of a kind of like light, breezy, airy feel to all of our designs. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is kind of, you know, you can see that in our shop. If you just scroll through all of our, you know, options, you can see that it's very light and very, you know, cool tone things. You definitely can. Uh, with all the product that's going in the box, are they products that are from your company or are you partnering with other companies to kind of curate the box and make it into one? Yeah. So uh, we partner with other small artists and oh, other cool. small shops. Yeah. Awesome. So a lot of our stuff in our boxes is, is all handmade in, in some way. Um, so for example, we have a rattan bowl. Uh, it's a hand woven rattan bowl that actually is from, um, I believe it's from Somalia. It's handmade oh, wow. like in a local village. Um, you know, so a lot of our things are very, you know, very small business minded as well. So again, going that extra mile of like really customizing, curating, finding unique pieces, Um, I'm not big on the whole, like buy mass quantities, mass produced, all that sort of thing. Yes. Do we have some of those pieces in our shop? Yes. Why? Because I wanted very specific things. And the only way to get them was to buy from wholesalers, you know, essentially. So unfortunately that's the case. There are a lot of custom pieces that we have. And of course we're expanding custom pieces as we go. Um, but our, our, point with our boxes is to have at least one to two if not more totally custom pieces for example uh our authentic living decor box that we have right now the vase that's in that box was designed by me and made by a potter here in san diego very cool i mean Ah. it's it's a unique piece. I mean, you know, you, you can't find it anywhere else. It's, it's, you know, she doesn't even make it for her shop. It was designed by me and she made it. So it's important to me to focus on small businesses, individual makers, and, and really give that pride and craftsmanship to all the artisans. Absolutely. I like that. And that's kind of the direction a lot of people want to buy nowadays. They don't want to buy from these big corporations that are you know, like we said before, you, a lot of people are working for corporations and they kind of leave it to come to make their own small business. So you're kind of just, you're practicing what you preach, which is a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. So a lot of our stuff is, is, is definitely from other small businesses. And, and as we're, as we're growing, we're trying to incorporate a lot more of our items that, you know, that are handmade. 
and I'm big on, you know, I feel like, you know, handmade industry in the United, excuse me, the United States is like kind of dwindling. Yeah. So I am, I'm finding, especially right now that, you know, sourcing items from overseas is like getting really tough. Mm -hmm. I'm also big on trying to keep our, like our costs low, um, not, not to maximize profit. I want our cost to the end user, which is the person who's buying our stuff to be low. I don't want nice to, you know, decor to like be a second mortgage, you know? And that's been one of my biggest gripes for the longest time is I'm like, man, all this stuff looks so good, but like, dude, $190 for that one vase. Like what? Exactly. Yeah. That's always been my thing. Get like four pillows for a couch. is like almost 200 bucks. Like I I want my couch to look nice, but I I don't want it to look that nice. (laughs) Totally. So we do focus a lot on how we can minimize the, you know, retail price. Um, So a lot of times what we're doing actually is we're technically marking a lot of our items. Technically they're on sale, um, but they're not. Uh, Cause we don't have like, you know, a sale price. Like we definitely do have a sale section on our website where every now and then we'll just throw items up there that are for sale and whatever else. And that constantly rotates, but we don't sell a lot of our items at suggested retail price. We sell them a little bit below. Um, and at the end result for that is obviously us as a company, we're, we're taking a hit, <laughs> but that doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that people are getting the design, they're getting the decor, they're getting the things that help them make their home their home at a price that they're comfortable paying. And I really am like huge on, again, like individual artisans and makers and so on and so forth. A lot of our pottery uh, that we carry in our shop is all handmade, you know, very, very few of it are very, very only a few items that are, you know, pottery do come from overseas. Mm -hmm. And that was because, again, I wanted that specific shape and style. And the only way to get it was to buy it from wholesale. Um, But a lot of our stuff is, you know, handmade. And so, you know, for example, I've been waiting on a batch of new items that are, you know, uh, a potter is making and it's taken 12 weeks, Uh, still waiting. Um, You know, I just got an email saying, you know, it should be, you know, here in a couple of weeks, but there's a reason why I go this route. Like I've been waiting 12 weeks for this stuff and I'm totally fine with that. You know, it's it, obviously it's, you know, I, I wanted to launch it and sell it and everything else and get it into people's homes. But for me, knowing that I'm supporting another artist and I'm putting their items that they made by hand and designed themselves into my shop that then people are welcoming into their home and loving, I'll wait, I'll wait 24 weeks, doesn't matter. But I think it's important that more small businesses and more small shops are getting the credit and are getting the recognition. We have a tab on our website that is called meet. I think it's called meet our, our, our artisans. Um, okay. Reminds me, I need to update it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But we do have a, a, a tab on our website where people can actually go and learn a little bit about some of the artisans and makers of the items that we sell and get more of a background story on where our, where's our stuff coming from. That's very cool. Yeah. So one question um, I asked someone after when I told them I was um, interviewing you was, 
someone that's starting a small business, what's one thing that you could give them as advice for um, way to market themselves and getting into the market and getting people to discover them and really start selling? Yeah. Uh, I wish I had the answer. Yeah. <laughs> we would probably be a lot more successful than we are right now, but we're still a young company. So uh, I would say, you know, this is, yeah, gosh, you know, and I was just talking to a friend on Instagram the other day about this because I said, man, when this is all said and done, someday when I retire from this, I'm going to write like a how-to guide on starting your own business and launching your own home decor shop because it doesn't exist. Nobody will tell you anything. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, I have reached out to so many people, like other small businesses and asked for advice and help. And nobody has said they like ignore me. I get ghosted. Do you think that's because they're, they don't want to give them their secrets away or they just truly don't know. And they kind of just went about it on their own. You know, I'd say a little bit of both. Okay. <laughs> I think they don't know. So they don't want to say something and then be like, ah, well, you know, you told me and then look where this is. So I think a little people are hesitant. You know, I think the big thing for me is, and, and, and I'm learning as we're going, um, but going back to like the whole reason why I kind of shut my brokerage down and went back to being an individual uh, agent is, is relationship based. Mm-hmm. I'm learning that the only way really to build connections and to kind of quote unquote, sell our product and who we are and what we do is by building relationships. Yeah. That's the only way I really think that you can truly get started and grow as a small business is focus all of your time on building relationships. I think one of the biggest things is, so when we first launched, you know, of course there's all the routes that you can go. Social media is a huge one. Yes. And that honestly, I would say is if you're a new business that's starting to launch and you want to get the word out about your, your company, rely on your relationships that you either already have on social media or reach out to other people. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you a story about this one. So when we launched our, you know, our interior design shop, like seven months ago, I almost, I almost quit about two months in because we we were having a very hard time getting the word out about who we were. And obviously, you know, it's very deflating when you launch a new business and you have like a couple sales and then it's like nothing. Yeah. (laughs) It's like panic sets in and it's like, Oh my gosh. And you know, so one thing that I did was, is I started reaching out to people on Instagram. Obviously we were a very small account. We had just launched. We had like, you know, all of our friends as followers, like 25. <laughs> so we had like no, no one, we had no validity, you know, no validation. We had mm-hmm. no credibility. Um, I started reaching out to a bunch of very large accounts, asking them for help to like promote us, to help validate us, to share us, whatever it was. The response that I got was mind blowing. One, no, in a oh. way I was it almost changed my entire perspective of social media. So I had so many large accounts like blacklist me, block me. Uh, I got nasty responses back from some massive accounts and I was so defeated. And I thought, what did I say? Like, what did I offend them by asking for help? I don't understand. And there was one account that I reached out to and her name is Stefana Silber with a B. 
and she's she's a huge account. I think she's like 150,000 followers now. It's all home. It, it, she does home decor stuff, and I messaged her as like a last ditch effort. Mm-hmm. I never talked to her before. She had no idea who I was, and I told her essentially that I said, "Look, I'm defeated. We launched a shop. I got really nasty responses. This is." my last ditch effort. I'm just asking for advice. I want some help. Just mm-hmm. tell me what to do on how we can grow and how we can improve things. Um, I'm not asking for any freebies or anything. Like all I'm asking for is advice. That's it. Like a minute of your time. And she responded in like a minute. And she was like this whole long DM and was like, here's what I think you should do. And here's the changes you should make on your website. And here's what I think you should do on social media. And then she was like, why don't you send me some of your stuff and I'll post about it. And I thought, shut up. Yeah. (laughs) Because every response I was getting previously was like, oh yeah, I'll post about you in our stories. Here's my, I don't even know what they call it. Like my, my, my marketing plan or whatever it's called. And it was like, people wanted like $2,000 for two mentions in their stories. And I was like, go, go away. You yeah. have, you have 20,000 followers. Like, I'm sorry, but like, what? Yeah. I get that a lot of people messaging yeah. and want me to like promote them or, I mean, I'm f- free for it. That's, I love collaborations. That's where I, that's how I got to where I am today doing stuff like this, but there's people that reach out to me and they're like, we could promote you for this amount of money for per post. I'm like, no, I'll do it on my own. <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting. So Stefana was like the finally kind of the, the tide for us, I think. And I'm very thankful for her. So every time I have a chance to like mention her, I, I do. There have been so many others since then. And I'll tell you just the other day, this account started following me and I don't know how she found me and I don't know where she found me. Um, But I was chatting with her about our experience and our growth and how we're expanding and how we're trying to kind of promote ourselves. Mm -hmm. Obviously we're a startup. We're working out of our den in our home. We don't have a massive marketing budget. I can't compete with Pottery Barn. I can't compete with Article, you know? Um, So we, we are asking for favors. Mm -hmm. We are asking for, you know, Hey, tag us in a post. Um, And I told her the whole story about like all of the pushback and the negativity that we got when we first started. And she told me, she said, don't worry. I love your shop. I love your personality. I love your mindset of like the whole concept of your shop, your decor boxes. And she was like, I'm going to reach out to all my friends and I'm going to tell everyone that they need to like start sharing and posting and tagging you and everything else. And I was like, what? Dude, I'm not joking. In like 30 minutes, I had like 20 accounts all over, you know, 50, 60, 100,000 followers commenting on my posts, following me, DMing me and saying, Mitch, you know, we're going to support you. And I was like, yeah. And all it came from was an honest conversation of we're a small business. We're struggling. We need help, period. Mm -hmm. You know? And I think that that was like the thing, but I'll tell you from a a small business point of view, don't waste your money on paid collabs or paid partnerships or all these things. It's not going to get you the ROI that you would expect. 
I would agree. What I would say is 100% invest in, because it is pricey, invest in being a brand through like to know. Mm. Because our motto- I don't know much about that. Yeah, so I'll explain. So our motto for our company is be kind, be good, give back, period. We felt like instead of these paid partnerships where we were just giving money for like maybe- one purchase, uh, you know, that was going to cost us $2,000 or whatever it was. We thought for content creators, what better way than to give them free product? We'll give you the product that you can post about. You now have a reel to make. You have a post that you can create. All that we ask for in return is that you link to us through your like to know shop. And then on top of that, that content creator earns a commission on any item that, that's one of their followers buys from our shop through their links. Oh, I didn't know. I've seen people post those links to like to know. I never knew how that worked. So are you paying like to know to pay the creators or is the sale going through like to know? Yeah. So, so what happens essentially through like to know is it's, it's all commission based, right? Yeah. So when somebody tags an item and they link to it, when, when one of their followers goes and clicks on that links, that link and then purchases that item, the purchase actually happens on the company's direct website. But because oh. the link came through like to know, then there's what's called an affiliate transaction, meaning that that person gets a certain percentage of that sale because they were the, I guess, driving indicator for that sale. Oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that's how it worked. Yeah. So with us, it was kind of like, okay, well, you know, just paying people for marketing, <clears throat> just paying people for marketing doesn't get us what we want. And we don't feel mm -hmm. like that's who we are. You know, we don't feel like that's being honest. We don't feel like that's being authentic and that's being true by saying, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, talk about how good our product is because we gave you, you know, $2,000 to talk about it. Yeah. You know, we instead say, we'll give you our product. If you like our product, if you like our, our decor items, if you like our decor boxes, you now have free content. And then you can link to it and you can earn a commission from every time that you talk about us, post about us or whatever it is. And I think that that's a better way as a business to build those relationships, to build that authenticity and that, that honest approach of like, this is us and these individuals, these content creators know our product, have a relationship with us, and they're posting about us and tagging us because they want to. Yes. You know, I've, not because we paid them. Exactly. I've worked with a lot of companies in the past with for posting and stuff, and a lot of them tell me what I'm supposed to say in the post. And I mean, I probably shouldn't have said that, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, you probably could tell when I, I posted, but some of them, the ones that go well, you could tell that I like, I show through my stories throughout time and it shows well off of how it sells and that I truly actually like it and I actually use the product. So you yeah. going about that in that way is the right way to do it because I think genuinely those followers are going to spy it because of that. Because you can see through totally. some of these influencers and what they totally. push. Totally. You know, and one of the things that we did on our Instagram pages is, is so we have a highlight. So every time an influencer tags us in their story, in a post, whatever it is, 
Yeah. We reshare that to our stories and then we save it to a highlight on our Instagram. Because again, it's just, it, it, it's showing people that we have support, that we have, mm-hmm. you know, th- these large names or these large accounts that are posting about us and sharing about us without being paid mm-hmm. because they have a relationship with us and they understand that what we are doing to provide good home decor at a reasonable price is what most people want and need and feel is important. Yeah. I like that. I saw that when I was looking on your page and it also shows how much you value their, their support and everything as well, that you're willing to put it on your highlight. And mostly the highlights are the good stuff, the stuff that you want everybody to see as soon as they go onto your page, it's the first thing you see. And that's the first thing usually people walk through. So that's very beneficial to the creator as well on your page. Totally. Yeah, I think, you know, and that's one of the things that I think, you know, is is all about us as a company. There's a lot of accounts out there and there's a lot of, you know, um, designers and creators and all this stuff. And and it's, you know, I'll be, I'll be brutally honest. It, it is totally a all about them show. Yeah. And one of our, you know, one of our mindsets when we were creating our brand is that, you know, going back to all the reasons why we launched our decor shop from the beginning was to want to help other people in making good design accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we don't necessarily want all the attention. We we want the recognition. And yes, you know, of course we want customers and clients and everything else, but we would rather build a community of people that see what we are doing, that value what we are doing and, you know, want to support that. And mm-hmm. I think that that alone is a more valuable tool than any paid partnership or anything else that you can do. And I'm beyond thankful for all the relationships that I've, I guess I would say that I've, I've been given mm-hmm. uh, through social media. I'm very fortunate and very lucky for all of the individuals, you know, that I've connected with uh, in so many ways, you know, from the person who buys, you know, one item from our shop and then DMs me about how they styled it in their home. Love it. Send me that crap all day long. And I yeah. eat it up because that, that drives me to push even harder to make sure that like the items we have are at the right price point are, are good items that, you know, are, are coming from artisans. And, and it just, those are the sort of things that I think are important. And I feel like in a lot of instances, it, you know, with some of these bigger brands, it's lost. Oh, definitely. It, that's when you say creators, that's one thing I wanted to bring up. A lot of people think they don't know the difference between a creator and an influencer. And I met with a big name company in the past year and they kind of described it to me. A creator is something that we're doing. Designers are creating a post with, with their own objects and stuff. Influencer, you're just selling your life. You're selling your lifestyle. Um, And that's one thing I thought of when you were talking about the creators. And that's one of the benefits of, dealing with a creator and um, also going back to my, the question on how to benefit a small business who's starting out. That's another way, just that, that is networking. I mean, it's in social media networking. It's not LinkedIn, but this is sometimes even better because they're able to sell your product. Right. And I think that, you know, people can kind of see through, like you mentioned, when someone is selling a product, 
Mm-hmm. Or when somebody is promoting a product because it's something that they believe in and that's something that they are, you know, wanting to help and do, people can read right through that and they oh, yeah. can tell 100%. And I know I'm guilty of it myself. When, you know, when I'm looking at stories of people that I follow and they, they're like, you know, hashtag ad or whatever in the very, very bottom corner, I'm like, whatever, next, skip, I'm not paying attention. Like, you yeah. Know, reading a script that some company gave you, you don't even believe in it yourself. You probably close the box up when you're done recording this video and go put it in a drawer somewhere and you'll never use it again. And that for me is like, that, that like kind of like makes my skin crawl a little bit because I tell people who reach out to me or when I reach out to them and I say, look, like I'm not asking for anything. I'm going to send you one of our decor boxes. I'm going to send you some of our products. If you like it, post about it. Exactly, if you yeah. think it's garbage, no one ever has to know. Exactly. And I yeah. think that that's important because I'm not, you know, from, from our company standpoint, we're not asking people to do these things that like I myself wouldn't do, you know, or that I myself don't believe in. Um, when I bought a couple of t-shirts, you know, not long ago from a company called True Classic, they're like a newer t-shirt company. I love them. I absolutely love them. I was like tagging them in all my stories. Every time I was like, you know, on my personal account, every time I was like wearing their t-shirts and stuff. And the CEO started following me and reached out to me and was like, dude, I appreciate you always tagging us. And he's like, um, I'm going to send you, you know, like, I think he sent me like 20 or whatever it was, uh, t-shirts. Wow. He's like, just as a thing. Yeah. And he's like, we value, we've as a company, we value, you know, our customers and their use of our products more than a paid advertisement. Yeah, absolutely. I wish there was more of that mindset in our country. A lot of people are <laughs> quick to just at and then the company name and badmouth them. Um, but when it comes to giving them a actually solid review and you're not even asked to do the review, that's that's very, very you don't see that happening. Yeah. Which yeah. is sad. And I do that on my design page and people will message me like this has nothing to do with design. And I'm like, well, I have a large following. I want to make some type of benefit to that company, help them out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it. it, it it's a thing for a lot of people. And I know that it's, it, it works and I know that it's kind of, it's a thing and I'm not knocking it in a sense of, you know, it's just not something that we as a company would like to do. Exactly. I prefer, I, I time block all my, you know, my, my time every day and I, set aside time every day to go through Instagram and to comment on other people's posts and to like their stuff and to share things with them. Like, Hey, I saw a reel you posted the other day about this, but there's also this other way that you can do it just as an FYI, if it helps you in the future. And I feel like, you know, that's an hour a day for me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are like, Oh, get off social media. And I'm like, why? Yeah. You're mindlessly scrolling through social media. Yeah. Get off social media and go live life. get out, get outside. But if you are actually using social media as a tool from an entrepreneur standpoint to connect with other people, to grow your community, to, to mm-hmm. build your business, a hundred thousand percent commit a certain time period every day to building those relationships. I do the same thing. And that's what I always tell people. And they say they can't make time for it. I'm like, it's a free marketing tool that you're given. You don't have to put any money into it. You can pay for ads if you want to. I've done it once and I didn't think I benefited from it, but doing just, I do the same thing like an hour at night and just go through and just build those connections with everybody. It goes a long way. 
Yeah, totally. I, I think it does. And I think honestly, that's one of the things that I'm learning as, you know, a, a new business is that one of the most beneficial and successful things that we have experienced in validating us as a company is having these relationships specifically through Instagram, specifically Absolutely. through Instagram. And all of that, I can't even tell you how much time I have committed in the past six months to being on Instagram on a daily basis to build these relationships, to message, to DM, to share with people, to just connect on yeah. a, you know, human to human, person to person level and ask for, you know, things, not in a sense of like, Hey, promote us and share us of like, Hey, we're a new business and you, you know, you've been around a while and you have massive following and whatever, whatever else it may be. Do you have any insight? Do you have any tips and tricks? Do you have any pointers on things that we can do to improve? And I think that's important for a lot of people because I also connect with a lot of other business owners. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> there's, there's one in particular, um, her company name is Urban, Urban Ember. Um, she does like hand soap trays and all this stuff. I love all of her stuff. That's all she has like a, a same thing. She has like a business that she launched out of like her spare bedroom or whatever it was. And I connected with her on Instagram to talk about like to know <clears throat> because I was a little bit confused. And I was like, is this, is this the route that we want to go or do we want to go a different direction? And I talked to her about it. And so like her and I are constantly like sharing business tips with each other mm -hmm. of like, Hey, maybe try this for your next photo shoot, or maybe try this for, you know, your, your product description or whatever it may be. And I think that that's also a valuable tool as like a new business owner or a new business exactly. is to connect with other business owners and ask for that advice and input, but also don't just ask, give something. Absolutely. And as Help you grow, yeah. And as you grow, remember that feeling you had when you started at zero and help out the people that are asking for help. Cause it's, it's, I mean, it's easier on social media to ask for help. I mean, it's harder in person to go up to someone and ask for help, but just remember how that felt in the beginning and how much it would mean to them for of your following or your success to take your time and actually help them out. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mitch. Um, we got into a marketing, um, TED talk today. <laughs> yeah. something yeah. I didn't think we were going to do but I liked it um it's a, a lot of small business people realtors designers follow me so I think it's beneficial to really any, anybody to listen to that yeah I want to end with where they could find you on social media and how they could buy your box yeah so you can find us on pretty much all social media it's just Mitch Allen interiors that's uh a-l-l-e-n um, that's our tag name on almost everything. You can go to mitchallininteriors.com and uh, that's our shop. Um, and then you can read all, you know, find out more about us, our story and everything else that way. Perfect. Make sure you guys follow him, go get your new first decor box. And thank you, Mitch, for coming on today. Of course, man. I appreciate it.